You're listening to the Kansas State Department of Education Insight Podcast, where we bring you conversations and information on our vision to lead the world and the success of each student. Welcome to the KSDE Insight Podcast. We're already on episode four. Time flies when you're having fun. We're going to be talking about a really important topic, kindergarten readiness, with our director of early childhood, Amanda Peterson, in just a few moments. But we want to give uh, some shout outs and, and talk about some of the great things going on in the month of October surrounding education. And let's first kind of take a look back to September because we had this outstanding celebration of teachers for the Kansas Teacher of the Year. And during that ceremony where we were we were recognizing all the regional winners, we get to congratulate Suzanne Stevenson, the 2022 Kansas Teacher of the Year, hailing from Dodge City USD 443. Congratulations to Suzanne and everyone in the profession. One of the really unique things about our Kansas Teacher of the Year program is that we get an opportunity to recognize all of the outstanding teachers in Kansas, and this Teacher of the Year team is going to get to travel throughout Kansas and spend a lot of time together, and we're looking forward to that. But So congratulations to Suzanne. She will go on to represent Kansas in the National Teacher of the Year contest, and you, some of you will remember, it was just two years ago, two years ago, that Tabitha Rossbroy was the 2020 Kansas Teacher of the Year and the National Teacher of the Year. And in October, she's finally getting to go to Washington, D.C. and be formally recognized for those achievements. So congratulations to Tabitha for finally getting to go to D.C. and for Suzanne for her accomplishments. Also in the month of October, it's America's Safe School Week celebration where we get to recognize the outstanding things uh, with our Safe and Secure Schools unit and safety in schools. That, that applies from disasters to uh, keeping our, our schools safe from intruders. So shout out to all those in school, SROs, and all those people that really do a good job there. And finally, on October 20th, the School Transportation Appreciation Day, bus drivers, school safety, couldn't do without them. And if you have some free time, in your in your schedule, go down to your local school district and say, I'd like to be a bus driver. I'd like to transport some kids in the morning or bring them home at night. And my guess is they'll uh, get you with the CDL and get you to be a bus driver pretty darn quick. So just some outstanding things that we're celebrating in October. And, uh, and one of the things that we celebrate all year is really early childhood and early childhood preparation. And again, as I mentioned, we have Amanda Peterson with us, the uh, KSD Director of Early Childhood. And Amanda, we're going to be talking about now all things kindergarten readiness. And it started uh, several years ago in 2015 when we went across Kansas. And Kansans said, you know what? We're not doing a good enough job preparing families and kids for the rigors social, emotionally, and academically uh, uh, of kindergarten. And maybe we ought to fund all-day kindergarten. And Wahoo, 2017, we rocked it. Kansas legislature said, we're going to do that. We're going to fund all-day kindergarten. We're going to put some more money into four-year-old at-risk parents as teachers. 
Well, let's talk a little about that vision since then, Amanda, and just how important it is for Kansas families. Absolutely. I so appreciate that as we were gathering feedback from Kansans, they really recognized and told us that, you know what, we can't lead the world in the success of each student if we aren't paying attention to those critical early years in a child's life. We know that that is just such a rapid period of brain development and that there are so many opportunities for us to partner with families and create really high quality early learning opportunities in a community. And so when we think about the, the Kansans Can vision, kindergarten readiness being a, an integral part and a, a keyboard outcome that we track as we measure our progress towards that vision. And, you know, we, we very much appreciate that um, we have the opportunity to think about where children are at, um, both academically and also socially and emotionally as they enter kindergarten. And we also really can recognize that as we've increased our investments in kindergarten and in our preschool services in the state, that we can also be doing our part as schools and as educators to make sure that those environments are really high quality and that they are uh, arranged and structured in a way that really fits how kids learn best, which is uh, for, for very young kids is through play and through interacting with their peers. Uh, so it's been a real pleasure to get to work with educators and administrators and community leaders and community partners all around the state to help them think about what we can do in this area. There are so many communities in Kansas where people from all different types of organizations are coming together to recognize, you know what, we can really do better in this area. We can each bring what we have to the table. We can partner and determine who is best suited to do what. Uh, and we can figure out the right mix for our community to make sure that we can deliver really high quality experiences for young kids and their families. And that's, I think, something that's really unique to Kansas, or I won't say that it's unique to Kansas, but it's certainly something that's uh, special and that you don't find everywhere in the country is that those community partnerships to recognize that, you know, it works, what works in a really small community might be different than what works in a larger community. And we really can all figure out, all right, how can we deliver the, the services that young kids and their families need? And so this is a family conversation, Amanda. This is a community conversation. I think a lot of people say, well, why, why are schools running, you know, early childhood? Why isn't that a parent's role or isn't it a church role or, it, or why aren't schools doing more in, in early childhood? So we hear all, all about that. And what we're saying is, yes, but it's a community conversation. We have communities that have a severe lack of pre-K opportunities and daycare opportunities. And then we have others that have an abundance of uh, private providers and faith-based providers. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's a community conversation about how do we help every family really enrich the lives of, from birth to age five, those kids. And, you know, being a recent uh, grandpa now of an 11-month-old, I often think, you know, people say, is she walking? Is she crawling? What's she doing? Is she speaking? And none of that happens for every kid on the same day, right? There's a span of developmental. She, uh, and then we, we talk about what's normal developmental. But you think about when we get into school and we take a test on one day and we measure against that test on that day. You know, so Harper's walking, mostly assisted, but she'll take off. She's less interested in crawling. Is that developmental? Yes. But it, whether she, that was earlier or a little bit later, it's going to happen, right? It, and so we encourage this, the normal gross motor and later on fine motor development. So let's talk a little bit. You, you mentioned play. And let's just help kind of the parents that may be listening, community members. Just what are some of those appropriate things that we would be looking at in a quality 
pre-K experience, whether again, at home or church or school, just some of the things that we think are really important. So when you walk into a preschool or a kindergarten classroom, you should really feel the the energy and the excitement. It should be a really joyful time. You, there, there will be lots of time where there's, uh, you know, environments that are rich in child-initiated play, um, where kids are, you know, playing in a dramatic play area and using their imaginations or having the opportunity to really get messy and get get in the weeds with an arts and craft uh, and be able to to really put things together and work with their peers You'll see and hear lots of conversation and lots of peers interacting with one another, learning really basic things like, gosh, how do we take turns? How do we share? How do we, um, how do we get along with our classmates? And really, you, this starts in the early years, and, and we see it progress because really there's no age, right, at which people learn best by uh, having a really experience that's not fun. And so I, I think that what our early educators do so well is think about how they can really ignite that excitement for learning. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Tabitha Rossroy earlier, and it was so wonderful that during um, such a stressful two years that we were able to have a national teacher of the year who was an early educator and who was able to bring that, um, you know, you know, that background, that excitement, that joy for learning and really treat every lesson and every day like a big theater production, right? And, Figuring and the only teacher of the year that's ever been an early educator. Mm -hmm. So far, we hope there yes, will be more in the future, right. but yes, absolutely. And, you know, being able to really figure out where a child is at on the first day of school, because every child, the, the only requirement for a child to enter kindergarten in the state of Kansas is that they're five years old on or before August 31st. Um, there's some exceptions for, for kids who might have attended kindergarten previously in another state who are um, who, who have who would then be eligible to attend. But, you know, there's such a wide range. You talked about it earlier with your granddaughter. There's such a wide range at where um, a child who turns five on August 31st uh, is going to be versus their classmate, maybe, who uh, turned five on September 1st and is, um, is a full year older than them. And so there's going to be that opportunity in a kindergarten classroom to recognize that kids come in at a really wide range uh, of where they're at developmentally and what kind of skills and backgrounds they have. And that's the real beauty of it, right? We have the opportunity to partner with parents and to really understand a child's strengths and areas where we can provide support and really be able to differentiate instruction and provide the, um, the supports that each individual child needs so that they're able to succeed and thrive in that kindergarten classroom. Um, and it, it's wonderful to, to listen to districts and to communities and to schools think about the ways that they can provide the highest quality early opportunities for kids. Because at the end of the day, you know, if I if I'm standing in line at the grocery store and um, there's a young child next to me, you know, I, I'm definitely the person who is smiling and talking and, and pointing at things in the magazine stand. Um, you know, there's such every every early experience can be uh, an early learning experience. And when we're thinking about all of the people in our state, I mean, gosh, the the work that happens in child care facilities and Head Start programs and, uh, you know, the, the work that happens in pediatricians offices or with home visitors there's so many different partners who have the opportunity to help a child get started on a great trajectory and to partner with parents to, to think about the ways that they can support their child's growth and learning. Um, so that's a, a real exciting piece as we think about this part of the board's goal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and so we do some measurements when students come in to developmentally see where they're at, not to keep anyone out of kindergarten because uh, we want everyone, as you mentioned, age five to come. But just where are they at developmentally? And then what would be the, you know, the school then has a response to where they're at developmentally? And, of course, we're trying then to help families uh, with that developmental cycle before they ever get there. This this past month, 
you and the state board got an opportunity to honor some two of our really outstanding pre-K programs in Kansas, Perry Compton and Goddard. Let's talk a little about Perry Compton's program. They just did an outstanding job and and uh, and received some recognition in our Kansas Can Star recognition. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's what kind of unique and uh, special about the Perry Compton program. Absolutely. So we talked earlier about community partnerships and really listening to understand what's needed in a community. And as Perry Compton was considering what was available, they recognized that there was a real shortage when it came to childcare opportunities. Um, and that that was a real challenge, right? If you're a working parent, uh, you can't go to work if you don't have a, a safe place for your child to be. And you definitely want them to be in an environment where they are learning and growing. And Perry Compton is primarily a bedroom community for both Lawrence and Topeka. So parents are traveling, which creates another a little bit added stress, like where do I take my kid, leave them here or take them somewhere else? So again, looking at the community needs and listening to parents, which they did really, really well. They knew that it just would not work very well in their community to offer just a part-day preschool program because a parent wouldn't be able to drive back from Topeka or from Lawrence to be able to um, take them to wherever they would be for the other part of the day. And so Perry LeCompton, they they really worked um, and partnered to understand the needs in their community. And they've uh, they Perry Elementary School uh, includes a licensed childcare facility where they start accepting children as young as 18 months of age. And what I really love about their their program and their setup is that it runs through kindergarten. So you have your kindergarten classrooms and your infants and toddlers all or in your and your toddlers all under one roof. And that creates just some incredible opportunities for collaboration amongst those teachers. It's really, they, they all know each other well, they work with them every day. And so there's really um, clear understandings of, okay, here's where here's what our children did when they were four years old in preschool. Here's what they'll be doing the first couple of weeks in kindergarten. The children know who the different adults in the buildings are. Um, they, they are familiar with the space. And it's just really a seamless and smooth transition as the children grow. There's a lot to dislike about doing so much of our work these days via Zoom. But one nice piece is that we've been able to have more professional learning communities and more opportunities for educators around the state to come together and collaborate. And recently, we were on a professional development opportunity, and um, Perry Elementary School, they had us up on a smart board in one of their classrooms, and you could see and hear the collaboration happening in real time between the preschool teachers and the kindergarten teachers. So that's a, a neat and unique piece that they have in their community. And another unique piece is they don't just stop and schools out traditionally. They run that year round. And uh, really, again, why? Because the community said, listen, we need that service. And so they said, okay, we're going to provide that service. Now, in some communities, they may not want that because there may be a series of private daycares or some faith-based. But that wasn't the case in Parallel Conference. And, you know, if any district, the pandemic has made it so clear that we have a real challenge when it comes to access to child care. That is such a critical component of our state's early childhood system and a place where all of our communities are coming together to recognize that the rest of our economy doesn't work if we don't have child care and child care is early learning. And so thinking about how we can support our broader child care infrastructure in the state is critically important for anybody who cares about kindergarten readiness. And if any communities are looking at this and are curious about where they start, you know, a great thing to do is to contact your local health department to get connected with your child care licensing surveyor and do an orientation and understand what those requirements are. 
because as I said, you know, this is an early learning environment. It's really important that there are health and safety standards in place. And uh, another exciting piece about Perry Compton is that they're able to accept uh, Department for Children and Family subsidies, the Child Care Assistance Program. That's something that has grown and expanded with federal dollars during the pandemic. And so any Kansas family that is working can go to ksherorelief.com to see whether or not they might qualify for financial assistance that can help make the finances of a child care operation work. Yeah, just some remarkable things. You know, I, I think you, you alluded to it, Amanda. People, you know, maybe in other generations say, I, I didn't do, we didn't do all this. What well, you know, we were just kind of neighborhoods taking care of neighborhoods. And I, I think uh, two things were more prevalent two generations ago. Uh, more mothers were staying home. Now, economically, a lot of mothers work, so we have two parents working, if, if there are two parents in the, in the household, uh, and we're more mobile. So the extended family oftentimes is in another city or somewhere else, not available. I, you know, again, my granddaughter's lucky. Uh, one of her grandmothers lives across the street and has recently retired, and the other one, my wife, just lives uh, not too far. So she's got a great support system that many of our families just simply don't have. And so it's the conversation around the community of saying, for those families, here maybe are just some resources that are needed to help them. In in other situations, we may have to, as a community, come to support that, just like communities always have. And what I really love about Perry LeCompton's example is that they recognize that there's not, sometimes in, in the public discourse or, or sometimes when we're having conversations about this, we'll think about preschool and childcare as two separate things. And people can't see on the podcast that I'm making hand gestures here to say, you know, these really are one and the same when we're thinking about opportunities for young kids. Any environment, as I said earlier, can be a quality early learning environment with the the right combination of, of environmental factors and, and with caring and consistent adults. So really thinking in a community about, okay, what do we have and how do we shore up and strengthen what we have? And then where might we be able to grow is a really smart way to start a conversation. Yeah, I, I, we can't say enough great things about what uh, the Perry Compton School District, and I, I say school district because here we're here representing schools, but that community has done a uh, Kansas can star recognition. We, we look forward to them maybe approaching the gold in the next couple of, uh, of years as they're really working hard, as is Goddard. A little bit different size, a little bit different location, but what they're doing with kinder prep and some other parts of their early childhood, Amanda, amazing. Let's talk about Goddard. They really recognized that as kindergarten students were coming in, they had some students who were able to attend preschool opportunities in the district and some students whose families were able to afford other uh, high-quality preschool opportunities in town. But you know, like many communities, they also had a pretty big gap in the middle of families who maybe earned too much money to to qualify for some of the free options that were available through the district, but didn't earn enough money to, to be able to find a slot in one of those uh, preschool opportunities in the community. And so they created a summer program that they call Kinder Prep, which is about two weeks where students are able to come in for about the full day before the start of the kindergarten year. And so they're able to really get familiar with the classroom. They're able to have, you, you know, we talked at the, the board meeting quite a bit about how hard that first time is when um, you know, you drop a child off at the kindergarten door and then the, the parent has to say goodbye and leave. Um, that can be really hard for both the child and the parent. Amanda, why don't we uh, listen to just a short piece of what uh, these remarkable school districts presented to the Board of Education? One of the coolest things is when these students come to kinder prep, 
on the first day and they're bawling, they're crying, they don't want to separate from mom, dad, grandma, or grandpa. And then they come in the last day and they're running in the door. They have a smile on their face. They're ready to get engaged because they know they're going to be safe at school. They know they're going to be loved and they know they're going to be taken care of. Just to put the icing on the cake is I had the pleasure of having a kinder prep student during the summer and having that same student in kindergarten. Watched her break down on the first day of kinder prep. I watched her strut into kindergarten on the first day with confidence, with her head held high. And she was able to model and lead for everybody else in the classroom because now she knows what's expected when she goes to the carpet. So the summer program, Kinder Prep, is able to uh, have an opportunity for the, the incoming kindergarten students to get used to the building, uh, you know, without all, all of the other scary big kids, those first and second graders. None of them are there, so they get free reign to, to have a really uh, a smaller adult-to-child ratio and get used to the classroom, get used to some of the routines and the expectations. They're able to go through the lunch line and see where they'll sit for lunch and uh, understand that they'll sit for uh, the lunchtime. So they're able to just get used to some of those pieces so that then once they start kindergarten, they've already had that strong foundation. And so it's much it's a much smoother transition. They're leaders in the classroom. They know who the teachers are. They're able to show the other kids who have uh, who have come in, you know, here's here's how we do this. Here's what here's where you can find where you're going to put your things for the day. Here's here's the rug where we're able to sit for circle time. Here's uh, the, the places where we're able to play in the classroom and all the really cool stuff that we get to do now that we're in kindergarten. And they showed that it's just completely changed the the way that they are able to support their kindergarten students. And what I really love, so Connor Christensen was here with us and um, then Liz Ewing uh, was, I think he described her as his partner in crime, um, but they're both teachers in the district and they're the ones who were able to bring this idea forward and the ones who were really able to champion it as it came through. So it was really neat to hear from them and it was also wonderful to hear about their their preschool programming opportunities where they were able to talk about the ways that they're able to provide really inclusive services for both kids with disabilities and typically developing kids in their preschool program. So, you know, we, we started the podcast in Kindergarten Readiness say, you know, our outcome is to have every child social, emotionally, and academically ready when they arrive at, an age, at age five for kindergarten. Then what we've been describing are really some processes. Okay, maybe we're going to have a four-year-old at-risk program. Maybe we're going to have some uh, child care programming. Maybe we're going to have some parents' as teachers program. Maybe we're going to do comprehensive program where, where uh, special needs kids and, and regular ed kids and Head Start maybe are all in a blended situation. Lots of different models, right? Lots of different models. But but community is going to have to come up with a model. But then they have to execute, right? And what we love about Goddard isn't just the kinder prep or some call it uh, jump start or other things. It's they're executing in a manner that really uh, is developmentally appropriate in doing the right things. Talk a little bit about that, too. So we talked earlier about what a, a really playful, joyful kindergarten classroom is going to look like, right? You're not going to walk in on the first day and see children sitting in, in little chairs and little desks for, for long periods of the day. Kindergarten isn't just second grade and first grade where we've made everything smaller for younger kids. And at the state, you know, as we've had more districts implement full day kindergarten, as we've uh, made that a, a larger part of our Kansas uh, school system, we, we've put out a lot of guidance. The Kansas full day kindergarten guide is one piece where we're able to help people think about 
Okay, really over the course of the year, the kindergarten classroom evolves from looking more like a preschool classroom where maybe you have more time spent in child-initiated play. And then over the course of the year, it gradually transitions to, to look more like what we would expect to see in a first grade classroom. But really, you know, in many places, early childhood, people consider that to be birth through age eight, including here in Kansas, because there's nothing magic, again, that happens on the very last day of kindergarten where we say, okay, congratulations, you're now prepared to sit in a desk all day every day. Um, and so thinking about how we can incorporate that play-based learning into the early grades, and then that's just such a wonderful uh, setup to then be thinking about project-based learning and, and other learning as children grow older, because it's certainly, you know, once a child gets to fourth grade, they still enjoy playing and learning with their peers. It just looks a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely, Amanda. We're, uh, you, you touched base a little bit on our uh, new uh, improved booklet that we'll, uh, we want to end with in just a second. But before we do that, is there anything else that we really want our listeners to know that you're thinking of uh, as it relates to kindergarten readiness or early childhood preparation? You know, this um, focusing here is so hard and is so worth it. And we have communities around the state who are thinking about, you know, you talked about all the different types of programs that can be in the mix. And when we think about historically, it hasn't always been the case that we have funding that's available to support preschool programming. And so in many places, there's a longstanding special education program. Kansas has really been a leader in terms of making sure that we fund preschool services for preschool age kids with disabilities. And maybe that's been going on for quite some time. And then the district has been able to maybe add in other programming as it's been available. And it takes hard work to take a step back and figure out, okay, how do we put all of this together so that if I'm a parent who's walking into a district, you know, I don't need to know all of the different ways that my child is funded through the school finance formula. I don't care about that. I just want to make sure that my child is in a preschool classroom where they're able to grow and learn and play and be with a teacher who cares about them and to make friends with their classmates. And then it's our job on the back end to figure out how to fund that. And it's easy for me to say that, but it's hard to execute. But we are so appreciative that communities step up to do that. And we are so willing to, to help support them as they do, because we know that when we make these investments early, when we build these high quality programs early, there is just such a mountain of evidence that tells us that that makes all the difference when we're then thinking down the road in terms of how kids do academically later on in school, and then how successful they are later on in life. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just the start. It's the gift that keeps giving mm -hmm. if we do this right. And it saves so much time, money, and effort on the back end. So there's a booklet that we've had out for a while, but you've translated that into many different languages. Talk to them about the, um, the, the new booklet that's out and how parents or anyone that's listening, they could get a digital copy or a hard copy. Of Absolutely. So we love that we get to partner with the fantastic folks at the Kansas Parent Information Resource Center. I am sure that many of the people who are listening to this have had the chance to hear from and learn from Dr. Jane Groff in the past. Um, and back in 2016, they were able to get a grant from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation to put together these booklets, Kindergarten in Kansas. And these are really booklets for, for families of young children who are getting ready to start thinking about entering kindergarten. And as we've already talked about today, that's something where, you know, the sooner it can begin happening so that parents really have all of the information that they need and so they can really know what to expect, um, the better it's going to be as, as kids get ready to start kindergarten. And so these booklets, Kindergarten in Kansas, uh, we updated them a little bit. Our, our KSDE communications team did just such a fantastic job in terms of pulling them together and adding in some information about our Kansas Can Vision that we've already talked about today. They've added in information for the Kindergarten Readiness Snapshot, which is those questionnaires that every family fills out as they're getting ready to attend kindergarten. 
Um, and then we actually were able to take some grant money and experiment a little bit and translate them into additional languages. So they've been available in English and Spanish for quite some time. And we've heard that it could be helpful to have them available in additional languages so that, you know, if this is the first material that families get from a, a school as they're thinking of or from a community partner as they're thinking about starting kindergarten, that they're really able to read it in their home language. So uh, we did some research to understand what languages are most commonly spoken for uh, families of incoming kindergartners. And we also translated them into Arabic, Burmese, Swahili, and Vietnamese. So if folks are interested, those will all be linked in electronic copy in the show notes for this podcast. And then there's also an order form. And again, our partners at the Kansas Parent Information Resource Center, they are committed to making sure that these free copies are available for anybody who wants them. So people can submit that order form or reach out to the Kansas Parent Information Resource Center. And they will ship them copies. Uh, I have been known to take copies along in my trunk and drop them off when I'm out and about visiting schools in Kansas. So rest assured that if you're a school, if you're a community partner, basically, if you're somebody who serves kids under the age of five, we would love for you to have these booklets if it's a useful resource for you. And we think that that'll be really helpful. Or the other thing, if you run into Amanda Peterson, you know, out and about, uh, wherever, you say, hey, I, you have some of those in your track. I'd like to get one. I like it. having a heads up so that we can track them. But, but yes, we, we are happy to make deliveries. Yeah, well, it's excellent. I, I was just thinking my four years of high school French don't don't do me any good in the Swahili version of this, but uh, we're glad that we got that translated to really help parents. This is all about, you know, it's so, again, I, I, I'm telling my own story of my own uh, granddaughter, watching, you know, my daughter, college educated, she's a teacher. But anytime you're going through that for the first time, there's just things that you don't know. You haven't raised a child before. So she's always uh, asking her pediatrician and reading books, asking mom and dad, and she you know wants to do the right thing, but she's learning. And so being a parent is hard. It, it it's hard for the rest of, of you know her life, and uh, and she's just wanting. Where's the information? This is a great booklet in a lot of different languages that can just help every parent, regardless of of their economic background, of their of their geographic background in Kansas, and. Uh, uh, kudos to you and your team and and uh, uh, Jane Groff and all the people that helped put that together. Absolutely. It's such a wonderful place to think about, all right, kindergarten readiness, yes, where the child's at on the first day of school, that's important, but there's also so much we can do to help families get ready for the start of kindergarten and so much that we can do as schools and as educators on our end to get ready for the kids as they are, uh, as they're coming in. Yeah. So, so like all of you, you know, I listen to the podcast, I'm driving or we're walking or we're biking or uh, we're doing lots of things. And so you're listening and maybe you're going back and listening to some things and at the end. You say, how do I get a hold of that Amanda Peterson? So Amanda, give out your email. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, Amanda Peterson, director of early childhood, and, and you can be contacted at a Peterson, P E T E R S E N at K S D E dot org. Although if you misspell it with an O, it'll still get to me. And you can follow me on Twitter if you're on Twitter at A Peterson K S. You, you know, Amanda, I always like to learn at least one thing every day. I learned that it doesn't matter whether you're an O Peterson or an E Peterson. As long as you get the A before the Peterson at KSD dot org, we're going to get it to you. That's, a, that's, that's amazing. So, uh, thank you, Amanda Peterson, our Director of Early Childhood Education. want to thank you. And uh, just want to thank all of you again for uh, our fourth episode just going by so, so fast. We're going to be uh, highlighting a lot of great things over the next several months that are going on across Kansas uh, in education. And uh, we look forward for you tuning in uh, the next time. So thanks, everyone. <laughs>